Welcome to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, opining, and playing tricks on each other. This week, I've got so much going on. Our annual membership sale at Patreon is just about over, so if you want the deepest discount you're ever going to get on all that sweet, sweet Patreon content, now is the time. I just announced the two winners of our Ally Hazelwood Patreon giveaway, and then this week I'll be doing a Patreon giveaway of ARCs of Eliza McLean's upcoming release, Perfect Match. It's an Opposites Attract Contemporary with Sex Lessons, and it's out on February 6th. Now, this week, I cannot tell you how much I needed this book, this episode, and this time with Tanya. I'm splitting it into two episodes because as hard as we tried, we went just as long as we normally do. Patrons, you're going to have part two this week, and then it will go out on the regular feed on Monday. So here's our recap of Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yay. Oh my God. Yay. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for asking me to do this with you. Yeah. And thank you for picking this book for me. Holy shit balls. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. like realize yeah. all the intersecting ways this book is perfect for you. I mean, legitimately. Legitimately. Like, yeah. It is. It is fat. Yeah. It is fanfic. Yeah. It is TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is all of those things. It's amazing. And it's rocks, which I yeah. did not anticipate. And I did not expect the rock metaphors to be so fucking deep and on point and revelatory. Nobody expects it. Nobody Holy expects shit. a rock metaphor. This isn't oh. something you can prepare for in your heart. No, I couldn't do it. And I was blown away and I couldn't handle it a little bit. Like, this book is so well written. I can, yeah. like... And it's I knew sterling. this, right? I've heard it or whatever. I went to um, I went to buy it to uh, do this, you know, with you. And <laughs> Amazon was like, you bought this like three years ago. And I was like, <laughs> don't tell me that. That sucks. <laughs> I did the thing where I bought it and then um, also went to Hoopla and got the audio. Ooh. So, yeah, because I, I so I bought the Kindle and then I got the audio yeah. from the library so that I could pick it up no matter where I was. Yeah. Um, which I do when I really want to read something is I try to double up. So if I'm in the car versus when I'm walking versus when I'm sitting and actually able to read, I yeah. just bounce back and forth. I actually do the we same thing. We need a super app. We need a super app that can tell where you are. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. you can sync the audio and yeah. Absolutely. We need a super app. We do. Someone should build that. Because actually, I also like having the Kindle and then having the audio. And then if it's an especially detailed book that I feel like I'm having trouble remembering, I'll mm -hmm. listen and look at it at the same time. Oh, I like that. And it scratches both parts of my brain and then they come together to make a super smart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was eloquent. Yeah. 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 No, it does. It does make a super smart. Yeah. You were, you were describing it correctly. Like, I'm just here. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, now that I know that this is actually physically recorded, we can talk later about the fact I never realized I was being, like, physically recorded when I do this with you. But now that I 
Don't give me that look. Don't give me that look. I uh, I don't pay all, attention to these things. I know, but I disclosed to all of my guests. <laughs> and I'm you've sure always you looked did. beautiful every time I'm we sure recorded. That's no, that's because I have like all the the zoom filter that like no. the touch up my appearance no. and I just slap on some lipstick. No, it's because but, you have amazing skin and wonderful oh. bone structure and all the bullshit. Thank you. All right, and those lips, but, Tanya. God. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I have a fantastic mouth. It's you true. Really, really do. Dead on. You really yeah, that do. was a genetic gift. Mm-hmm. That was a little, that was a little hand me down from my grandmama. <laughs> I'm glad it did you right. <laughs> she really did. She really did. She gave me the tits too. It's fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now the thing is that I want people to understand that I am not just one of those people that's like I'm the fat because I. I have jeans and double digits. I am a fat woman. I describe myself as fat. Um, I just have really good angles on my laptop. So (laughs) I just want to make sure that's clear. The only reason you're not seeing all of the chin is because I know how to place my laptop because I taught (laughs) online for several semesters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I do think that the fat representation in this book is is overwhelmingly what it's known for. Yeah. Um, But it's fantastic and it's yeah yeah, so we're gonna talk all about that i'm sure yeah but before we begin with there i found out listener that melody what did Uh not read the dedication page no i didn't before she does okay i'd like to point out there's a little game we used to play (gasps) are we playing zero to steal magnolias tanya fuck we are playing zero to steal magnolias (laughs) this is a game we designed to see because mel's a crier and I'm a crier, but Mel's a crier. And so the joke was, oh, no. show Mel something, a picture, a meme, a video, a television something. It doesn't matter. Show her a clip and see how long it takes her to ugly cry in a scale of zero seconds to steal Magnolia. Steal Magnolia's being the ugliest cry we could think of. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh no! Okay, I'm now read the dedication back. page. I'm scrolling. And if you back, want to I'm read scared. it out loud to listeners so they can hear the way okay. you're gonna break down, going that'd to. be great. Fuck. All right. All right. Dedication to everyone who's ever doubted, as I did. Someone who looks like you can be desired. Someone who looks like you can be loved. Oh, no. Someone who looks like you can have a happy ending. I swear it. Todd, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the, the, the trouble with doing podcasts with your friends is that they know you really well. <laughs> God, I was like, oh, Mel's not going to be able to handle this show. <laughs> Oh, Olivia Dane is so mean and so wonderful. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm very mad at you both. I'm really mad at you both. You have to be mad at her a little more than you're mad at me. Yeah, fair enough. That's just, that's, I'm just going to say that's the appropriate thing. But yes, yeah, so... Yeah, wow. so should we get into it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I have, pull, I have to pull up. How am I going to do the rest of this podcast now? Oh, shit. Okay, so we tend to go too long. We are we, we are chatters. Okay, are. so in the, in the <laughs> to not do that this time, yeah. 
I'm going to sum up everything where he's at at the beginning of the book and you're yes. going to sum up where she's at at the beginning of the yeah, book yeah, and yeah. we're just going to keep going. Yeah, I like that. That's exactly what I, yeah, I thought so too. Okay, cool. Excellent. Okay. The first thing I have to do is remember his name because his name I have not been calling him. I always I know his name is Marcus. Of my notes. But oh, the problem is, is that his full name. <laughs> Marcus Castor Rupp. We, Castor hyphen Rupp. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Marcus Castor Rupp. Marcus <laughs> Castor Rupp is an actor who is not unlike an actor we all know. <laughs> um, what, do, what is it like? Coster Waldo. Nicholas Coster Waldo. Oh, I don't know who that is. You didn't realize that this is, you didn't realize it's, it's Jamie from Game about. of Thrones. What? It's Jamie no. from Game of Thrones. This is supposed to be Game of Thrones. <gasps> I mean, I know it's Game of Thrones. I don't know who that actor is. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Nicholas Castor Waldo. <gasps> 39, yes. blonde. I'm here with you. I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So okay, got we've got our stand in. Now we can debate the relative arguments that go on about this book in terms of fanfic and stand in and all that crap. Sure. We can have those conversations later. But for now, here he is. He is an actor finishing up a long run on a fantasy show called Gates of the Gods. It's his last day of filming. He puts his whole his whole bussy into it, as the children say. Mm-hmm. His whole bussy's <laughs> out there in the sword fighting and the horse riding mm-hmm. and the, you know, saying goodbye to Dido. It's Gates of the Gods. It's based on mythology, obviously, based mm-hmm. on Virgil. And so the thing about it is that he is clearly drawn as gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous actor mm-hmm. who's not that bright. Yeah. And, you know, we all know. We all know those actors that pop into our head when we think about they're very pretty and thank goodness that they're very pretty so that they can make a living (laughs) off of being that. Uh So that's what's happening with this guy. Internally, though, is not that. This is a thing that he is doing that has become his brand and he has leaned into it. And the showrunner saying goodbye to him after his last scene, as traditionally done on TV, makes it very clear that he was hired and stayed hired for his pretty face, even though it's obvious that he cares deeply about his craft about his character work about his acting right. about his cast and crew as particularly the crew he's deeply affectionate with um mm-hmm. and all of this but he is done and now he has to figure out the rest of his life yeah so he's flying back to california from where they're filming in europe and he is wondering what's going on and what he does when he gets back to the hotel room is his favorite pastime yeah. that he does on the sly because it turns out that the star of the show is actually an avid 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 fanfic reader and writer Whoa. and in those online communities where he's <laughs> obviously going by his show you know his pen name yeah um he also is so into it that he is on a separate server for ultra writers of the show that all hang out in one community and he has an assumed name there and he has a deep relationship with another writer who's um he works with plot back and forth they are friends they talk almost every day mm-hmm. on this server obviously they don't know who each other are but this is clearly the way he chills and relaxes so conversation with this person heading back to cali to restart his life Uh he's at a crossroads he's been pretending all over the place Mm -hmm. he is ready to do something else take it away where is she all right so we've got april don't know her last name whittier whittier april whittier yes she is a geologist and we start the book with her like out in the field taking soil samples and it's really it's really interesting to me because a lot of the metaphors that Olivia Dade draws is about her wanting to always look under the surface 
and mm-hmm. discover what's underneath everything. Um, and it's, wow, just, oh, God, the bedrock of her character, no fucking pun intended, sorry, um, <laughs> is... <laughs> It's just like that was so dumb. I no, I'm sorry. The foundational part <laughs> it's of it happened the whole time. You're gonna it do is. so many. It is. It's, um, whoopsies. <laughs> is that appearances don't matter? And she has finally come to that because she spent most of her life making herself smaller and pretending. So she's made herself smaller in that she's a fat woman. She has been fat since she hit puberty. And she has some really, really, really fucked up family that is always trying to fix her as if there's something wrong with her. And she's estranged from her dad. She has a really fraught relationship with her mom, who she knows loves her, but just is hurting her every time she opens her mouth. And then the other way that she's been hiding is that since she's a geologist consultant, she has to put off airs of like being very serious. I'm a serious science woman. And so as a result, <laughs> she can't talk about this whole other huge part of her life, which is the Lavinaeus fan fiction or whatever it is. Because she <laughs> writes a metric fuck ton of fan fiction. And she has become, over the past two years, best friends with book Aeneas has never or would never. So right now she's decided, fuck everything. I'm coming out of the shadows. She's getting rid of her consultant job. She's starting a job at a like a state regulatory board so that she can be more open about the things she wants to do in her spare time. And she's like, you know what else? I am showing everyone my cosplay on Twitter. I am going to be out in the world visually as well. So she sends out this tweet that is her in her Lavinia costume. In response to an official thread. This is important. So it's the show, the show Twitter account said, show us your best cosplay. Mm -hmm. So she posts a picture of herself in Lavinia. It's Lavinia, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pronouncing it right. This is the thing when I'm reading and not paying attention. No, I hear you. Lavinia costume on the main you know, hundreds of people have already responded. She throws yeah. her picture up. She's doing it but with it's everybody a big else. Because it's yeah. a full body shot. Right. And yes. of course, because the internet is the internet and Twitter is especially just God, just the epitome of the internet. Um, this was written before Elon Musk. Yes. Can you right? imagine? Good Lord. Can you fucking imagine? I will. I won't, frankly, Tanya. No. no. So she starts getting trolled hard. People are being incredibly mean to her and well she doesn't know it though she posts it and she she? logs off oh no she doesn't notice it first she posts it he sees it first Mm -hmm. meanwhile back in spain waiting for his flight (laughs) there's the guy who plays the main character in lavinia's love interest scrolling through twitter Mm -hmm. which he's not very active on because you know again he pretends to be a golden retriever in public right so he is on Twitter and he's scanning and he sees her picture and he's like, oh, that's it. And then he sees the comments. <gasps> and there is someone who has called her a heifer, heifer. literally a heifer. And that's not the yeah. only allusion to barnyard no. animals. And more no. than that, I think one of the reasons he got tipped off is because somebody tagged him being like, oh, yeah, guy- would you ever hit that or whatever? Fuck. Yeah, you, the guy, um, the guy who is causing shit literally this is what he says um check it literally just says at her handle so lavinius five ever could ever imagine herself capable 
a portraying Aeneas's on-screen love interest. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of other guys sort of pile on because, you mm-hmm. know, internet trolls find each other. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. So he immediately was like, uh, I have to respond to this. I can't yeah. just let this be. So he says, she's lovely and I don't want to be an asshole's favorite actor. Stop mm-hmm. watching Gods of the Gates and go fuck yourself. Love it. He doesn't do that. He wants to. Yeah. It's it's roughly <laughs> that, though. <laughs> yeah. He says... She, he says, at Lavinia's Five River is gorgeous, and Lavinia couldn't have asked for a better tribute. And then the guy responds to him. The yeah. troll literally says, stop the hypocritical white knight shit like you would ever let yourself get within 15 feet of that cow. <gasps> yeah. And, and what's important here to remember is that this, like much of the internet trolling, only makes everybody else's life better in the end. <laughs> yes because he immediately responds and says will you please have dinner with me so he does a whole thing of she's gorgeous i'm going back to california lavinia's five ever will you please have dinner with me (gasps) and that is when april logs back in and sees what just happened Uh uh-huh and she's like i think i he just asked me Oh, like she's I I don't blame her. She's like, what bizarro world am I living in? What fic am I living in? Frankly, exactly. And so um, she DMs him and she's like, oh, hey, uh," because he followed her. (laughs) Yes. Which made it like extra real. So she's like, hey, man, thank you for, you know, being cool in public. But like, you don't have to go through with this whole thing. And he was like, and he says, no, as I said, you're lovely. And I would love to have dinner with you, but that shouldn't be pressure on you. You can rebuke me publicly. It's fine. You know, whatever you want to do, balls in your court. And holy shit, she's going to go to dinner with Marcus Castor hyphen Rupp. Okay, let's stop for a second. Please tell me everything. If if this had to happen to you. Oh, God. Oh, God. This had to happen. Someone to on me. TV. Yeah, someone <gasps> oh, on TV. Oh, don't put me on the spot like this. Don't do Who it, be? Tanya. No. Who do we? Who do we? Who do we? Oh my God. Oh no. Oh, this. Oh. Uh, I think I know. Well, the first person that came to mind is um, is why can't I remember? Justin Baldoni? Oh, I mean, he's always present in my mind. I, I love it. I love a Justin Baldoni. <laughs> I mean, Team Raph for life. Team Raph, you fuckers. Team Raph. All Team Michael people can go straight to hell. Oh, my God. I mean, they just need to get their heads checked is all, you know. I don't understand it. But he is a gold. Like, I think Michael was supposed to be a golden retriever. I think he was kind of a jerk. But Same. whatever. Team Raph for life. By the way, that's Jane the Virgin talk if you didn't. Oh, yeah. Sorry, know that one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just watched The Last of Us. And so I have a Pedro Pascal thing happening in my face. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's pretty tough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can see that too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the things are so much limitless. But I think I thought about Justin Baldoni specifically because he doesn't remind me of Marcus because of the public persona, but rather mm-hmm. in public, he is who Marcus is in private. He's he's like yes. I am Mr. Yes. Feminist Extreme, like down yes. with toxic he's masculinity. He's very interested. He's very interested in dismantling patriarchal yeah. norms. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a he's a good guy. His TED talks are uh, really good too. Yeah, and his um, relationship with his uh, wife is just stupid. 
Yeah, it's just no, a real life very, romance yeah. novel. It's just stupid. Yeah, there. It's too much, <laughs> frankly. It's and really okay. I'm, and then I'm going to bring it right back down to the superficial. Yes, <laughs> um, just about Tony's dad is so hot. <gasps> he is such a stern brunch daddy, Tanya. Oh my god. Oh my God. Instagram. I'm just like, oh, hello, Mr. Valdoni. Yes. Oh my God. I was talking to I was talking to Andy J. Christopher today and um and she was like, Yeah, I was thinking of like doing a substack or something. Um, but I think all I would want to do is just uh adjudicate stern brunch daddies. And I was like, Yes. You have to do that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you have seen the Daddy Dog Show SNL sketch. No, I haven't. Okay, immediately following this, you no have problem. to see, look it up. Right. It is one of the funniest SNL sketches of the last decade. Yes. Um, it's Daddy. It's the Westminster Dog Show, but for daddies. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, it's yes. And I will put good. that in the show notes, listener. Put yes. it in the show notes. Yes. No worries. Yes, 100%. Okay, so back <laughs> to April and Marcus. Yes. They now are going to go on a date. She is going on a date with a mega TV star. And I fucking love her, Tanya, because she's like, I really would rather go with this other guy, Alex, who does actually seem smart in public. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the <sighs> first time Marcus fucks up. So the thing is, Marcus yeah. has this like thing where he hides his intellect from the public, but he's just outs out this woman. And this is the first time in the DMs that he uses a word. He uses disoblige yeah. in I'd I want to disoblige this assholes that yeah. are online. And she flags it. She immediately, she's a yeah. words person. She's yeah. a writer and she immediately flags. Why is he using the term disoblige? But she sort of blows it off because and you know, why is he using it correctly? Really? Yes. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so this, okay. of course, becomes yeah. a thing. It becomes a huge thing because, of course, all the tabloids pick it up. The show starts publicizing it because it's it's the star going out with a fan and it's like huge, good publicity. And so because of mm -hmm. that, her mom gets wind of it. And she yeah. does uh, take a call from her mom, which is a bad idea. Bad idea. Been there. Bad idea. Always just, <laughs> nope. It's a nope from me. Um, <laughs> and... Her mom is like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I, you're you're going to wear you're going to wear like a sack, right? It's going to be a, a black sack that doesn't that shows none uh -huh. of your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, this is a classic. The, uh, uh, what is the new term for this? That TikTok hit, almond moms. Almond moms. I have not heard of this. Oh, this is a thing on TikTok now. It's the label for this type of toxic mothering oh. um, that is always deeply concerned about oh. weight and how you look and it's the mom that has many eating disorders herself that she's yes. determined to pass along to her yes. women children and it's almond mom because of that thing where you're, for a snack you're supposed <gasps> to have five almonds you're, well you're supposed to have only a couple of almonds oh fuck that's yeah. so on point god damn it tiktok <laughs> tiktok university listen <laughs> i've now managed to get a couple of degrees and working on another one yeah. and yet I'm proudest of my degree from TikTok University. I hear that. So, wow. Almond Moms, the extremely horrifying phenomenon, um, it's, yeah. it's so common that we now have a name for it. Wow. So that is what she's dealing with, is a, is a mother who, from a place of disordered eating and pain in her own life, mm -hmm. immediately mm. tries to protect her daughter ostensibly mm -hmm. through this horrifying body shaming perpetuate perpetuating it and like i was oh i i had a moment where i was like olivia dade is this a thing and then i remembered a um and and by the, is this a thing like 
is it this extreme? Like, is it this upfront? Yeah. And and then I remembered a mom we both know uh-huh. who did have a girl child, and uh-huh. we were very concernicus about it. And I think yeah. you know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have bumped against this mom as when I was a college speech coach many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, one of my very favorites in terms oh, of just sheer lunacy yeah. was when a student of mine came back home from Christmas break with a new app on her phone to log all her calories that her mother put on her phone so that her mother could monitor it from a distance. No. Oh, God. Oh, no. Can you possibly imagine? Can you possibly imagine? No, I can't. And that's tragic. That's abuse. It's abuse. I very much am extraordinarily lucky. I have, I am a fat woman who has a mother who would never. Never. um, He would never. In fact, like, is just the most supportive person. If I decide that I want to lose some weight or if I decide I don't care or whatever, Mm -hmm. she has never said a negative word about my body or the way I look ever yeah. in her entire life. Yeah. And I and mean, it's, I think that incredible also is to have reflected that about the way she lives her life because she's a gym rat, but she's a gym yeah. rat because it brings her legitimate joy. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if she doesn't go to the gym, she's a cranky bitch. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's, that's the thing. It's just, it doesn't have, I think that the most important thing are, are parents who understand that you're your own person. Right. 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 Absolutely. And that's, no, that's something that we're not all blessed with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you mm-hmm. have to take it where you can. And when you can't, you have to know how to draw those boundaries. And yeah. a big portion of this book is making the hard choices on boundaries, right? Wow. Yeah. This book fucked me up in that way quite a bit. Quite a With bit. both of them. Because it turns out Marcus's <sighs> parents ain't that oh, fucking great either. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're horrendous also. Yes. His parents are intellectuals who do not in any way shape or form respect their son no and they think their son is kind of an idiot um and (laughs) to the point where they're both academics in the classics and they have penned articles on how damaging his television show is Uh uh-huh to the source material Uh uh-huh which is just a wild thing to do why and then it turns out his mother has so he had he has dyslexia. Yes. And completely undiagnosed yes, by two for... teachers. Fuck this. This made me so mad. And like, it, I, oh, God. <laughs> it's wild. Well, because here's the thing. Like, it's because they're both so egotistical and self-centered yep. that they, they could never have yeah. a kid that has a, a learning disorder. Like, mm-hmm. never would that come from their loins. And so instead, they just they just bore into him that he's lazy and he's worthless and he's stupid. And if he would just try harder, maybe he could make them happy. And no, Marcus, you can't go outside until you write that fucking book report that is completely arbitrary because they took him out of school and now his abusive mom and is homeschooled homeschooling him. him. Yes. Fuck, dude. And the thing is that he was undiagnosed until adulthood. Yeah. Um, and has developed has developed workarounds, right? Yes. Because and which is what most both dyslexic and most people who are semi-literate or illiterate mm-hmm. do. They create workarounds in order to live their lives. Absolutely. And so he has done that. He has, you know, readers. And so it's interesting because his relationship with her as um as writers. Which is, you know, their separate yeah. relationship that exists throughout this yeah. book for a while. 
that relationship, they both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. He has admitted to her that he's dyslexic. She understands that. So they talk about plot. They talk, you know, and they write different styles. Like she's a fluff writer. She loves fuzzy. She usually does modern AUs. (laughs) Modern AUs. Which every fandom deserves a modern AU. Quite. Where it's a barista. Yeah. Everybody. Every every fandom deserves that. Um, And he does really, really, really super angsty. Boy, he's her. She says <laughs> drama, drama, drama. His tag needs to be what is it? Um, misery ahoy! Misery ahoy! Oh my god, she's so fucking funny. <laughs> yes, which my favorite tag on Ao3 in terms of just sheer like this is this is going to be lunacy is mm-hmm. dead dove do not eat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a warning, y'all. That's what they mean. They mean it. Pay attention to that tag. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. So they have this whole thing going on. So both of them have parents that they have to deal with. But meanwhile, they got to take all that baggage to this first date. Yeah. So (laughs) she... We are going to go over again. God damn it. Oh my god. I I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not a... But I'm not sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm not. (laughs) No. This is my time, This is a type 45 This is my time. No, you can't. We can't. We can't. We love okay, each other okay. too much. Okay, okay. So then, so then they they go to this date, and she arrives, and she oh she decides that instead of oh, a yeah. black sack, she's wearing this form fitting sea foam green number that does show a many cleavage, and, and all the curves and all those curves, and her her goddamn flaming red hair is just gleaming in the candlelight, and it's just ridiculous. And, and freckles and oh god her freckles he he loves the fact that she didn't cover up her freckles and <laughs> i i just sort of died a little bit then <laughs> plus she is really thrown off at very first because he's there early and she's 10 minutes early and so she's like i don't understand wait i thought that the hollywood types were supposed to like be late and you know but he's like really conscientious and they sit down and he's he's really nice and kind, but he won't tell he won't say anything. He keeps on oh, being God, like, no. would you like to talk about my workout routine or what I put <laughs> in my hair? <laughs> hair flip, bicep bulge. Mm. Here uh-huh. I come over here. Mm. There's a plot on the good place that this reminds me of. And it's cheaty? One- no, not cheaty. Oh, the cheaty, hot cheaty. demon that she was fake with. <gasps> yeah. Who's his only, the only thing he knew how to do was take off his shirt. And every time he needed to get out of a room, he would be like, I'm going to the gym. And he'd run away because he didn't know how to handle this without giving up the plot. That's what this reminds me of. Uh He doesn't know what to do. He wants to talk to her. He finds her interesting. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to do that because he's too busy pretending to be his public persona. And she is fucking bored. Oh, my God. Not only is she bored, she's politely not having it. Like every time he tries to do the things he does with other people and just like, you know, take a long pause or something, she just very quietly waits until he answers her question. He's just like, oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm right here. It's fine. I'm I'm ready. Here's here's also the next the next piece of fat representation that's really important mm-hmm. is the checking for intent. So. She orders. She loves yeah. food. She's a food person. Yeah. And. She's like watching him watch her order. Is he right. going to react? At some point, she says, I really like food. And he says, that's obvious. Like, you know, because yeah. he's she's enjoying her food. Um, and she's like. She's like, what does that mean? See what's the yeah. tone? What's the tone? What's yeah. the tone? What's the it's subtext? It's this hyper 
Right. This yeah. hyper awareness of the subtext around eating and food. Right. And if you're doing it correctly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, she talks about um, how she's worried because a lot of her other dates or whoever will be like, oh, well, you know, look at those. Sa- look at a salad. Wow. Man, that salad <laughs> looks scrumptious. <laughs> and so she's like she's like she looks and, and she orders um the like the three course prefix, which God we love a. I miss a prefix. I, I miss a. Pre- I you miss know. a prefix so hard. I, lo- I love a Somebody prefix. We used to get prefixes all the time. I know we love a so prefix. Nice. God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and and she like pauses and waits, and he just he's like, oh, good call, and he orders the same thing, and I'm just yeah. like, Ooh, oh no, I love them. <laughs> I love them. So yes. finally, she's like, I really want to hear about your acting and stuff, and he tries and tries and tries to uh, dodge all of this. And he's like, you'll be bored. And she's like, no, like, I am a fan of the show. That's how this started. Not going to be bored. And then finally, he breaks down when he starts talking about the crew, when he starts talking about all the people who trained him to do the skills he needed to show on screen. So he starts talking about the sword master and the horse master and all of the the, fight coordinators and the preparation and all the the way that they would work months and months ahead, which, again, is okay. like Olivia Dade's understanding of the Game of Thrones processes yeah well done yeah um because yeah this all comes from the way yeah. they film game of thrones i think i yeah. think like i can't say 100 percent, but i think it's pretty it, clear it's it feels goddamn right yeah. especially yeah. with the last so, season going off the fucking rails oh this isn't this is a fix it fic right yeah. like this is fixing the last season which is you know exactly what a great fanfic author does which Absolutely. is say um let's make this work out properly uh-huh um one of my wrecks is going to be Jamie <gasps> Brandfic, so get excited. Oh, boy, I um, am excited. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, so now, though, now that he's talking in his normal, I know what I'm talking about voice, uh-huh. she all of a sudden is like, the um, lady parts is a tingling. Oh, God. She's like, oh, no, he really is hot. Fuck. This is he's hot good. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that he's gorgeous. It's that now he's hot. Yes. Which I think is an important distinction we don't make often enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really, really yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So and then he and then he's like, well, tell me about geology. And she's like, oh, I really think that it's going to be the other way around here. You're, <laughs> you thought I was going to be bored, but like you're going to be bored. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. really. And he starts he starts asking questions. He <laughs> she can see that he's asking questions while trying to sound dumb. Um, and so he'll be like, "What? so what is that? Uh, it's not the Marianas Trench in this one. He says, like, what's a what's a seismology? He says something wrong. And he says something really stupid. It's so oh, stupid. No, it's the, he says, oh, she says, I'm a geologist. And he says, so you make maps? Oh, yeah. So you make maps. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's weird because she's not like she's not giggling as though she's patting me on the head. It seems like she's giggling like she's laughing with me. And that's weird. And meanwhile, we get in her perspective and she's like, that was a good one. Oh, shit. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a nice deflection. It was so it was so dumb. It was smart. <laughs> and then and then he like finally says, well, why rocks? And she tells him about being in the, you know, there's they mentioned two of the major earthquakes that had happened in yeah. Cali, yeah. Um, which yeah having been through those yeah wild um and 
realizing over time that she was really into seismology. It wasn't seismology that she was really into. It was the geology of it all. Right. And that these rocks sort of tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, time, it tells a story about time, tells a story about pressure, tells a story about, you know, the way Landscape. the earth evolves. Right. 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 And so that the earth is always moving and it's very, very deep and it turns molten in the mm. inside. And it's all of these sciences that are melded together to create the story of what we live all the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 And he's you did like, not expect oh, all the geology. No. You didn't expect rocks for lovers. And no. here we are. Oh, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. Marcus Castor hyphen Rupp also did not expect the geology, geology to give him a semi. But boy, howdy. He's like, <laughs> look at her. She's sitting in that candlelight and like she's so mm-hmm. smart. She's just so goddamn mm-hmm. smart and yeah. passionate about it. Oh, God. So he so she goes to the bathroom and she's like, I need to get it together because the lady parts <laughs> are aflame. And like this is this is now dangerous. When I walked in here, yes. he couldn't hurt me. But like now that I'm a little interested, like I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So she goes back out and he says, I would really like a second date if you're interested. And there's this pause. And he is sitting there being like, oh, nope, here it comes. Yep, absolutely. She's not going to want to see me again because I'm not enough. And like, I wouldn't want to hang out with my public persona either. So I get that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just hope she'll cushion the blow and like not tell me it's because I'm a dumb idiot golden retriever. And she says, I can't because I write fanfic about you and I think it would get weird. And he's like, excuse me? What? Okay. I'm going to tell you. Tell me everything. Right now. Yeah. This to me, if we want to talk about the way people are like, this book is unrealistic. I'm like, this. first of all, I want to eye roll. Every yeah. time I hear that, yeah. it's a book. Calm yeah. the fuck down. Yeah. But also admitting to <laughs> woo, woo, that to me is the one thing where I was like, I mean, just bold as brass, just saying it. I know. Especially because she she tells him like they're incredibly erotic. Uh yeah, is it's explicit. There's many thrusts involved in my fanfic. <laughs> and, yeah. Hundreds and- of thousands of words. In total over the years of them banging it out yeah. on AO3. Yeah. And the idea that she would just say, I was like, huh, huh. like my whole, my whole body just imagined looking yes. at someone and saying that out loud and yes. just being like, I could never, I could never. And I, I think, know people have done it because people absolutely. do it at cons and actors get famously uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Almost too uncomfortable sometimes. Sure. Um, some of it's just homophobic, but you oh, know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and some people just embrace it, right? Like over the years, it's a well-known fact of the industry, and creators come and writers come from all walks, and many, many, many successful TV writers are very open with the fact that they wrote fic. Yeah, and that's how, how they develop their voice and how they mm-hmm. learn to write for characters and learn to create dialogue. This mm-hmm. is not a hidden thing at all. But to look at someone on a date, oh, oh, yeah. Like, I think in this moment, I finally understood what romance authors talk about when they think about their grandma picking up their book accidentally. 
you know? Because before I was like, grandma got it, you know, back in the day. Grandma knows way more about shit than you do. But in this moment, I was like, oh, nope, I understand now. I do. I understand. Oh, golly. Yeah. So she says, I think it would make it weird. And he's like, wow, that is an incredibly creative excuse. And I'm frankly impressed. And then he goes, so what's your handle? Like, what's your screen name? And she tells him that she's um, universal Lavinia Unapologetic. Stan. Unapologetic. Unapologetic Liv- Lavinia Stan. And meanwhile, her her best friend, Bucanaeus, would never always calls her Elsie. And so, Elsie, yeah. God. So he's like, oh, my God. I'm, uh-huh. I've randomly sat down and gone on a date with my internet best friend slash mega crush who I have known I can't actually meet in real life because nobody can know I write fanfic against my own show in direct, con- like, I, I, it fucks my contract over hard. Oh, and not only does it fuck the contract over, but then it's the reputation, yeah. right? Like, he's writing, you know, he's writing fic, he's writing fic about his own character, he's yeah. that guy. Like, this could really fuck with his career. Like, yeah, oh, a yeah. lot, a lot. Like, yes. not a little bit. Yeah. Um, it would not be considered cute. Sure, right? sure not. No. <laughs> At all. Like, no. not professionally. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so he can't tell her. Yeah. He can't tell her, what a coinky dink. I'm your bestie. Right. And so he's like really uncomfortable, but then he's like, no, she's a person who wants to see under the surface. And I can't tell her the biggest thing about me that I want to tell her. So I'm going to tell her something else that's true. And so he tells her that um, that he has dyslexia and he was undiagnosed. He tells her most of that, at least the surface level stuff, and that he was really, really mistreated by his parents as a result. And he always like, you know, he never quite feels good enough. Um, is there anything else? And in the particular? only other person that knows the only other person that knows is Alex, who's his yeah. co-star on the show, his best friend. Um, at this point, I think that's what I mean. The big thing is, is that like we keep getting snippets of all the other types of media throughout. So yeah. we're getting their server messages to each other from starting back a couple of years, working its way forward. Right. We're getting pieces of the group text of all the actors on the show. Uh-huh. There's one actor all the rest of them hate. Um, that's Openly. clearly they all hate him. He's so a douchebag. And so they have a group chat. We're getting yeah. pieces of other media We're as we go. We're getting pieces of his like embarrassing old rom-coms. The, I, the, I, I died. lost my mind, the, Tanya. I oh. lost my fucking mind. The chef one? Yes! <laughs> Jambalaya cheesecake fusion. <laughs> the, the merman whose love interest is allergic to kelp? The merman. Oh no, my kelp allergy. <laughs> it is all of his shitty movies that he did over the years or TV shows. We're getting like one page of those scripts. And can I just tell you, I do not care if you want to read this book or not. I don't uh-huh. care. Totally. You are going to get this book. Put it on hold at the library. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. The library right. paid for it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just flip to the pages with the script. Just like, do that. Please for yourself. I <laughs> I cannot. The merman I whose can't. love is allergic to kelp. <laughs> a I, fucking chef who makes make jambalaya fusion. cheesecake fusion. Is too much for me. It is so bad. It's so good. All of these things. So we're getting all of this stuff as this date is happening as well. 
right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So anyway, he's basically like fanfic a okay. You're yeah, awesome. He says, Let's he go says, out again. I. I, I'm telling you that it would not be a barrier for me if that was not your only reason. I respect that and I will not bother you again. But if you know that I am comfortable with that and would like to see me again, the door is open. And she's like, oh, God, I'm walking through the door. Oh, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to say yes. And then he walks her to her yeah. car and he does like a cheek kiss. Um, that- he does a cheek kiss. Gentle touch. Also, they're getting like photographed by people around the restaurant and she's having to deal with that. Um, And he's like talking her through it a little bit. Um, But it's becoming clear that it's going to be more intrusive than maybe she even imagined. So have you ever taken a picture of a celebrity in a public place? No, 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 I have not. And I had the biggest opportunity, Tanya. Do you want me to gloat in front of you right now? No worries. Yes, do it. I was in New Orleans for a work conference and I went to one of like, you know, the the backdoor clubs. It was fantastic. And boy, howdy, was Gerard Butler just mm, sat, standing there drinking a beer and all of these idiots. I'm sorry if you were one of those people, but all of these idiots would not <laughs> leave that man alone. He was just trying to yeah. have a night out with his fucking beer and whoever the fuck he was with. And they kept on going. They ke- He can't hear you. There is a trumpet band in front of you. Stop it. So, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. I was like, Gerard Butler gets to live in the world without me intruding. Listen. Living in New York, you ran into celebrities yes. all the time. Also, and you, Michael Sarah. Yeah, you just keep your mouth shut because yep. it's part of the social contract in New York City, yes. right? Like, you just try not to be an asshole. Yep. I desperately wanted to take pictures all of the time course. every time I saw a celebrity. Um, <laughs> by the way, smoking is bad, whatever, but smoking did get me two interactions with celebrities that I will yeah. never forget. Yeah. I have been... I, I quit smoking, so everybody can just calm down about that part. But... <laughs> Tell me. Um, number one, Philip Seymour Hoffman and I shared a cigarette in an alley oh, during the right. intermission of his play, Jack Goes Boating, at the public. Um, oh, my God. And it was incredible. And number two, Padma Lakshmi asked <gasps> me for a lighter outside of Nobu. That's right. <laughs> and I gave her my lighter. And then we smoked. And I... Okay, when I met Philip Seymour Hoffman, I was just like, he's so cool. Yeah. When I met Padma Lashmi, I was like, I want to crawl into your skin and yeah. also marry you. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's I want to marry you. I want to be you. I want to strangle you because you're too pretty, but I want to hold you close. I want to sleep with you like a pet. I don't know what the fuck to do. She is so beautiful. Uh, yeah. It is like, yeah. Television does nothing for her. Oh, my she God. Is so beautiful in oh person. My God. It is horrifying how beautiful she is <laughs> she just glows outwardly and she it was i have never felt so frozen in my life i love it then to like i didn't know i i want i understand why cults happen totally no, i would have culted you. for her i yeah. would have culted for her all yeah. she had to do was ask She only asked me for a lighter. I did tell her to keep the lighter. Did you? (laughs) The power she held in her benevolent hand and she did not wield against you, Tanya? (laughs) I would have left my life and followed her anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You would have been like, where's Tanya? (laughs) She hasn't responded to my email. No. And the answer would be following Pat Alexi around like an asshole (laughs) because of how beautiful she is. Tanya's name is now Lily. 
Uh, and she... <laughs> so, there you go. Here's my... There's my... Bad in the left. Yeah. Okay. Back to, back so to April. Okay. So, now they're going to have another date. Yeah. Everybody online is losing their shit because this is all public. So, this is just spawning a thousand fix blog articles people i mean social media obviously the pics are out there she's having great time but she's like where is book aeneas would never yeah um and he goes ahead and they get on server and they say good night and they chat for a little bit and she's just like she has all these feelings for him that are deeply deeply affectionate and based on you know, they're Two they're trusting each deep other. Friendship. Like yes, there's a part exactly. in the book where they she asks him what he does when he's feeling down. And after mm-hmm. going around in circles and being like, Yeah, I guess a bath bomb would work, he she says, No, but really, what do you do? And he says, I don't know, man. Mostly I talk to you. <gasps> it's so sweet. It's so sweet. It is. So uh, and and the other the other thing that's um that's complicating this is that she has approached him several times to meet in person at a con yes. or something. And they have he a just, con coming up that she's planning to go to. Yeah. He just always can't. But he says really fucked up things like you have no idea how much I want to, though. And it's not fucked up because it's like mean. It's just like, like that doesn't. Ah, yeah. And she's like, I went out on this date. That's me. And he's like, you look, you looked really nice and you looked really, you had a good time. Is he a good guy? And she's like, yeah, he's a good guy. We're going out again. And he's like, that's great. So I'm going to be out of the country for a while for work and I'm not going to have internet access and I can't talk anymore. And I'm really sorry. Bye. He, he portrays a a work trip to Mars is what he tries (laughs) to convince this woman of. And busy. He really does. I have to sub for the Mars rover. I'm putting Listen, on my tinfoil. I don't I, no, not even that, because I get tweets from the Mars rover. Oh my god, we do. You're right. Jesus. So, also, the Mars <laughs> rover was it the Mars rover that just sent his death note the other week and I cried for half an hour? <laughs> no, no. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when these is the Mars not rover not actually okay? sentient beings yeah. um are are, have lost and like they just die out there because there's no power resupply no, and nobody can so fix when them. They're done. Yeah, right, when they're done, the whole idea is that they're done. So he sent a goodbye tweet, <gasps> and then I cried for half an hour. <laughs> Don't make me find it. I will find it. <laughs> Tanya, because you want to make me go zero to steel magnolias again, again in front of our friends, uh, again, <laughs> again. This is fun. I'm gonna up, do it dude. to you. One more time, because this is here it is. You ready? I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. And then you're going to hate Mars Rover as well. My power is really low. So this may be the last image I can send. Oh, no. Don't worry. Don't worry about me, though. My time here has been both productive and serene. If I can keep talking to my mission team, I will. But I'll be signing off here soon. Thanks for staying with me <laughs> that was nasa insight not rubber insight that's and so mean <laughs> why nasa why who wow. told you that'd be a good idea nasa i mean now we care about <laughs> who space. Said that to you? you know what i mean like maybe somebody should send Fucked something up. like that from the ocean <laughs> and then we'd care about the ocean <laughs> 
Well, you know, Marcus, Marcus should have said ocean. Nobody tweets from the ocean. Nobody like inside the of the ocean. ocean. It's true. It's true. He should have said Mariana's trench. Yeah, he <laughs> I had to go to my job. At the- I'm so sorry we can't talk because I don't have any Wi-Fi in the Mariana's. <laughs> yes, that's the only place. I yeah. just, I, I literally don't understand how he, he fucked that up so badly. But know. you know, well, and she's okay. like, and so she says, okay, fuck it. I'm my whole thing is I'm saying what I need to say out loud, and so, dude. Is this because you know what I look like now? And he's like, what? No, absolutely not. And she's like, well, then I I really, I guess I'll believe you, but this is really sus. And he is like, I can't Mm -hmm. tell her. I can't tell her. And it's the most. So then she asks Marcus to go to the Natural History Museum and Planetarium, Mm -hmm. which is a rad date. Like, there's no two ways about it. And they meet up. He's immediately struck by how beautiful she looks with her ponytail in the goddamn sunshine and how how beautiful she is in her goddamn casual clothes. And he tells her she's beautiful and she kind of can't handle it a little bit. Um, and then they go inside and like there's a thing that happens at the cafe, but we don't have time for that. What really happens <laughs> is... <laughs> And you know what we also don't have the time for, but it's killing me, is Julius Caesar. (gasps) Julius Caesar motherfucking redux, dude. (laughs) Julius Caesar redux, which is the Julius Caesar story of everybody were vampires. Yes. And it includes the line, Caesar must die again. Again. (laughs) Well, but also, it's also directed by the equivalent of like Michael Bay. So yes, yeah. exactly. Ultra exactly. I love everything about that. Oh, uh, so good. Oh, just Cleopatra being an evil vampire. Okay, <laughs> so okay. yeah, yes. okay, So they're in the museum, and he starts talking again about like the cool shit he has to do for his job, and he can tell that she is just so into it when he talks mm-hmm. technical to her. And then he starts asking her really insightful questions because they're going to do an earthquake. There's like an earthquake simulator in there. And he's like, "Okay, tell me about the earthquakes, because I lived through the most recent one, um, the one in the 80s, I think. But otherwise, I don't know. I don't know anything about them. So as she's he she (laughs) she like lets go of his hand because their fingers are interlaced pretty much immediately Mm -hmm. and forever from now on. It's bananas it's so hot yeah Yeah. um and he's like i i love the way she you know uses her hands to to gesticulate but also i really just want to hold her (laughs) hands still so i'm a little mad about it as well it's very conflicting Mm -hmm. also they go around um to the regular areas because she's like we're gonna look at rocks like this is so exciting and the moment they get to the first plaque the first sign explaining the exhibit she sort of freezes up a little bit just you know being sensitive to what he's going to say. And he says, hey, I'm not going to be able to read them as fast as you. So, like, you know, please be patient or don't get impatient, I think, is what Mm -hmm. he actually says it. And she's like, oh, my God, of course not. Like, never would I ever. So then they do go into that earthquake simulator. uh, And boy, it starts a shaking and a rolling listener. <laughs> and they start leaning and a stabilizing on oh, yeah. each other. He puts his yeah. arm around her and he says, just for a precaution, because the first earthquake is real small. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just a precaution. And he can feel her tit up against his 
pectoral or whatever. And he can't handle <laughs> it's that the either. Of tits. That's it's the, the tip one. press. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. That is the technical term for it. Um, and then by the end of it, she's like clinging to his neck and talking to him about the earthquake as it's happening as well. Yeah. And then he does one, just one precise movement that does bring her from <laughs> his side to to where they're pressed front to front. Yeah. And it's a shaking and it's a rolling. And he's he, she has both of her hands around him now. And he is stabilizing them with his big man muscles or something. And then they're just about to kiss. He says, may I? And she says, yes. They are just about to kiss. And of course, the ride stops. Which is some nonsense. Nonsense. I will say this. Mm. I did not like that the kiss was cut off. I also want to point out that earthquakes are not sexy. There, I said no, it. No, they're terrifying. Olivia Day deserves a medal <laughs> yeah. for making an earthquake sound sexy because mm-hmm. it did sound extremely sexy. <laughs> and they are not. Mm-hmm. As a kid who grew up in Cali, I'm going to tell you they're not. Yeah. But he has to take a distinctly unsexy thing and make it super dreamboat hot. She did that so, so much in this book. Yeah. But it's clear that she knows... Like, it's clear that they're both into it, that they're both sexually attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so, and I also appreciated that, this idea of she never has to question that. Like, she sees it, she acknowledges it. Like, she checks to make sure he's right. And then she she goes above and beyond to, like, confirm it later. And that's not a, that's not a sex joke. That's, that literally happens in between sex scenes a couple of times. Yes. And, and I so get it. I do. I I really do appreciate that. So yeah. so then they go yeah, outside. So they they go outside, and Ugh. then the paparazzi appear. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to talk about this. She says oh, yeah. she's worried, and she says, "Hey, oh, yeah. was that okay?" And he's like, "Actually, I told my parents that I didn't like museums." And she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And he's like, "It wasn't true though." And he says, "What I what I found out today is that I just didn't like how I felt." with my parents at museums because I couldn't read the signs fast enough and I couldn't explain to them what was going on fast enough. And I just felt so, 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 so small. And so she's like, God, Marcus, I'm so sorry. Thinking that like, you know, she, she triggered that in him. And then he says, don't be sorry. I'm trying to thank you for showing me that I can love museums, sir. (laughs) Sir. 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 Sir, how dare you? And meanwhile, yeah. they're like they're like yeah. inching closer together because their 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 chemistry is just magnetic. Neither of them really Sucking even them realize in. it's happening. And so after that, I was listen. If this was just a regular ass, adequate, wonderful romance novel, this would have been the first kiss moment. But instead, yes. something truly unexpected happens, and it managed to be hotter. And that is that. <laughs> He he just bends down. He does get in the curve between her neck and her shoulder, and he does give her uh, a public hickey while he's breathing yeah. on her neck and in her ears and stuff. And oh my mm. good mm-hmm. lord. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. I felt like I was levitating out of my body when I read that part. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah it's very hot. And it's like the the he says like a series of thank yous. Yeah. Like as he's like lips against her neck. Oh, jeez. You know? Oh, my God. Thank you for a perfect afternoon. Thank oh. you for being so 
so patient, so smart, so gorgeous. Oh, and God. then they finally, finally kiss. Yeah. And it's good. It's, it's so, good. it's so much, it's so much good. Okay. Then the paparazzi shows up. Yes. And she gets really freaked out because they immediately start asking her personal questions about her identity and all this stuff. And she watches his persona turn on a dime. And, and so, he takes off his shirt. He takes off his shirt spontaneously. <laughs> that golden retriever's like, oh, hey, hey, boys. Oh, look over here. It's Ab. It's really hot. Mm-hmm. Here, my nipples. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you see some nipple over there? And she's like, oh my God, I'm really conflicted because on the one hand, wow, he's so hot. Uh-huh. On the other hand, he's saying like, they're like, oh yeah, Marcus, you really like the museum? And he's like, wow, I'm not really interested in places like this, but you know, you do a lot for a pretty lady. And so <laughs> she, at this point, doesn't know because she, they haven't had the talk about his public persona at all. So she's like, oh no, I know he's a really good actor, was he acting with me or is he acting now? I don't know yes. if he really enjoyed it or if this is some just, you know, nefarious plot to, I don't know. So finally they get in a cab where an old lady is just trying to pay her bill out in these streets. Okay. <laughs> She's just trying to pay the cab driver. God damn and it. In shoves two more people. And he just so he pulls her on his, her lap? his lap. He has to because he there's not enough room. Yes. Yeah. And that's just practical. It's so cute. And then when they're in the car, he can tell that like the temperature has changed, you know, because she's gotten freaked out. She's she's feeling really unsettled about what's real and what's not. And so then finally she's like, hey, um, I have to work tonight and, you know, get some stuff done because she's moving. But um, if you're free tomorrow, maybe we could hang out again. And he says, ah, my flight leaves in the morning like and it's pretty early. Um, but I did have a plan to go to the gym and work out beforehand. So if you wanted to join me there and then we could just have breakfast afterwards together, that might, that might be cool before my flight. And And then he says the breakfast has a decent buffet. Yes. The breakfast has a decent buffet. And so she like, she stills and she's like, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm going to give him another chance. Like, I don't know what he's saying to me right now. And so I'm going to dig a little deeper. And she says, hey, Marcus, what would you suggest at the buffet? And he's very confused. And he like looks at her. Yeah. And his brow's all furrowed. And he's like, I mean, I oftentimes have the oatmeal. Uh, and he, he says, he said, yeah, fruit. But there's also, and she's like, oh, no, I'm actually busy from here to eternity. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you fucking never. <laughs> goodbye get the fuck out yeah yeah and she's yeah. like he I, i'm not she, she's in this place in life and i i love it where she's just like i am not taking this shit anymore i'm not yeah it doesn't matter she's the done. circumstances i'm done it's a one and done we're not doing this and so she's mm-hmm. bummed but she's just like fuck it uh, he's shown me his true colors and i'm just gonna believe him and so Marcus is, he is the most confused St. Bernard puppy there's ever been in the world. <laughs> Marcus is like, I have to respect her choice. Yeah. But I, I have no idea. Was I it the paparazzi? Understand. Was it? What did I do? What happened? What happened? Yes. Yes. And that I understand. Uh-huh. Been there many times. Uh, Melody, <laughs> the bull in the china shop. Been there. <laughs> um, oh. 
Well, I mean, right next to you in the China shop. I, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're quite the pair. Um, yeah, exactly. So he <sighs> goes back to his hotel room. And he's like, what in the world? You know, what did I do? And he goes online to on the server. Yeah. As his alter ego to check. And she's definitely there. Yeah. And she says to her friend, her- she goes... Um, definitely not dating this guy anymore. Yeah. I canceled my, my next date with him. I, I won't bother. I won't bother you again either. Like, it's just this tangled, tangled mess. Oh, because we forgot to tell them, at least I think I could have had an out of body experience. Um, we forgot to tell them that in, in her conversation with Bond, she was like, I did agree to a second date. However, I want to make clear that if you were interested in anything oh, that's right including but not limited to meeting up at an event i would mm-hmm. cancel the date like yeah. i i feel closer to you i'm in, i don't know if you're interested in me like that but i'm just telling you that's what i would do and so yes. now that marcus has fucked her over she's just like fuck every fuck all men fuck all fuck all men and then she does the most amazing thing yes. that is really important. And again, the, again and when it's we talk so about hard. representation, this is a really good example of how I have a theory about why this book works so well. Ooh. But yeah, my theory is, is that the reason why it works so well is because the book starts with her having been like, okay, I am fed up. There are these places in my life. I have to address these issues. I have to work on me and my ability to face it. And I have to work on these external institutions. So it's not like we're watching someone get picked on until they finally fat back against the bully, which is what a lot of bad representation looks like. Absolutely. This is right. This is about a person navigating a mindset that they are determined to work towards right and that's great so in this moment the thing with marcus has tripped her to the point where she's like that's exactly the type of shit i swore myself i'm not taking anymore so she goes on the server and she writes a very long server thread about the fat phobia she finds in fic and this is very real yeah. This is ripped from, I'm assuming, the way that, uh, you know, Olivia Waits has dealt with this as a reader yeah. and as a writer in fanfic. Certainly for me, I absolutely see it all the fucking time. Yep. And it's where the side characters or the evil characters or the greedy or characters the, or the, or the lazy the characters, if they're, yes. if they're a negative trait, they're portrayed they're fat. with fatness. Yeah. Yes. And it's like an acceptability level that's bizarro to me, considering that used to be like the horrifying shortcut for Jewish in in literature and plays and movies and books, right? Remember when that was a common, and it's not like it's unavoidable now, but it's a lot less accepted now. Right, right, Um, right, right. The the substitute over the years has always been the scapegoat scapegoat of cultures. Yeah. It's the fill-in, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she calls it out. She calls it out in so a place that's really difficult for her to do. Yeah, so kindly, so compassionately, knowing that this really important community that's like it's so important to her whole life could reject her because she's asking them to be a little bit more careful, and that's all she's asking for. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think and, I think you're right. One of the one of the other reasons I think it works is that we're not watching her navigate whether or not she's worthy in her body 
we meet her yes. at the place where she's like, no, this is awesome. And yes. I just need to find people who agree and fight yes. off the people who don't or, or yep. ice out the people who don't. Yes. And learn to reject those messages yeah. as needed. Right. Because that's the big thing is you can't stop the input, particularly if you're in a public situation the way she's intending to be. Yeah. And, you know, the way these circumstances happen. Yeah. You can't avoid that. You can't avoid hearing no. that shit. No. So you have to figure out how do you live in a way where you can push that aside in favor of what you know is more true. Right. 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 Is, is you. Yeah. So. Yeah, that navigation. And in that screed, she also says, I've dealt with this romantically, Yeah, where a boyfriend or a date has shamed you in subtle ways by urging me to work out or take a walk with them or discussing things out of concern for my health or pushing me to certain food choices. Mm -hmm. That's buried in here, yeah. which is important, of course. Yes. Because, because Bucanaeus would yeah. never... Yeah, he's there invisible. He's got his invisibility yeah. cloak on on that server. And he's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And like, I love this moment because yeah. like he really looks inside himself to be like, is that what I was doing? You know, like when you when you fuck up in this way, um, whether it's no matter what it is, being able to look inside yourself and be like, I, I got to check this and I have to check it hard. He's like, I would swear on anything that that's not what I was doing. I was really just talking about my stupid schedule. But wow, I can see why she took it that way. Wow. And he feels like such a dick nose. So he does what you always do when you feel like a dick nose. Yeah. You call your best friend and yeah. say, oh, my God, I was a dick nose. I was the worst. I stepped <laughs> so he in it calls hard. Alex. Yes. Yeah. And Alex, bless him, he he says, because they've talked about it a couple of times so far, and he knows about the conflict with him not being, him not feeling able to tell her she's Bon. He's Bon. Yeah. And so he's like, I mean, quick question, is this for the best? Yeah. And the... <laughs> The severity with which Marcus comes back to be like, what? No. Like, what? <laughs> what? How could you even say that? She's my dream girl. She's amazing. She's everything. Blah. And Alex is like, listen, man, I get it. Make your choices. I don't know. And, and I love yeah. Alex for that. <laughs> He's like, I'll have yeah. your back regardless. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Alex is dealing with book two in the background yes. of all this. Um, She lay. Is book two out in the background really, really lovely, I think, yeah. because I'm now cannot wait to pick up book two because to. of the way she laid all of these plot points. Like you see everything that's going to happen in book two and you don't care. You want to read it. Oh, my um, God. It's so good. It's so good. So, yeah. Wow. But meanwhile, um, Alex is like, you know, you, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. I think it's not worth your career. Right. But in the meanwhile, you know, be true to yourself. Don't mm -hmm. lie to her. Um, also, I'm going back to L.A. So get your ass down here so we can watch Break Off together. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They love Break Off. That's so cute. <laughs> so, so then. OK, so now she's talking to her coworkers because she started this new awesome job where like people can be weird and it's great. Mm -hmm. um, and they ask her about Marcus. And she's like trying yeah. to figure out what she can say because she's very cognizant of people's privacy. And she's like, 
um, she's like, you know what? I'll, the biggest thing I can say is that he was incredibly kind to me. And then that gets her thinking because she's like, I don't know. Like the way mm-hmm. that he treated me in that last couple of minutes is so completely the opposite of everything he had shown me thus far. And maybe I made a snap judgment. I'm not really sure. And you she know? starts thinking, oh, that's probably what he eats because he has to. He has to. And so that's what he was trying to say. And maybe I was just... And so it's important because it's important that she realized that, again, your baggage makes you think, yes, receive communication in a particular way. Yes. And you have to know what those filters are so you can yep. know whether or not you need to take them out. Yep. And pay attention more. Yep, right? absolutely. So she yes. gets on the Twitters. and <laughs> On the she, Twitters? Yeah, she DMs him. She goes, tweet, tweet, tweet. And she is like, hey, I've been thinking about your invitation. Um, I'm not much for working out, but if you have another suggestion, I'm open to seeing you again. And he responds within like milliseconds, question mark. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, let's totally do it. I am I can come up there and like we can go find a really good donut shop or better yet. Why don't we take a tour of all the donut shops that are around your house so that you can find the best ones local to you and we'll rank them. <laughs> and she's like, I've never heard of a better date in my whole life. <laughs> and frankly, she's correct. <laughs> Okay. So we can- for me, it would not be donuts. No, but same. if someone said that about tacos, I don't mm-hmm. know what I would do. I, I, I mean, don't know. I, you, the mopsy yes, and flopsy would I don't certainly know. come out. Yeah, they would just blip out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my boobs. Those are her boobs, guys. That's what we call our boobs. Yeah, mopsy and flopsy. So and we cotton, catch don't forget the- cottontail. No, yeah, cottontail is very important. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. We we catch them at the end of this date, and she has eaten um a cr- a coke. Oh, I can't pronounce it. A croque nut. A coke nut. Yeah, which is coffee, croissant, coffee, coffee croissant, muffin donut. Yes, and no one needs that. No one needs that. And she found out that it does contain the amount of caffeine in four espressos. And he's <laughs> so cute because it's from his point of view. And she's like, gotta walk, gotta walk, gotta walk. I'm swinging our arms. And he's like, she's oh my God, never been cuter. Yes. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you know about Panera Sip Club. Yes. <laughs> this summer Panera Sip Club the fucking added lemonade, the church man. God damn it. We were sucking those down all summer i'm talking multiples uh-huh. like literally like we'd be like oh it's been two hours well, another it's free refills everybody and that's dangerous oh my god it turns out they have enough caffeine to kill horses yes and we were guzzling them and then we were accidentally making homemade four logos because i was taking one of those <laughs> and mixing it with a whole bottle of prosecco and calling it a summertime beverage it was it was a four loco so, it was basically making four locos you did it so panera sip club the cheapest way to get that four loco feeling back into your life look out and everyone <laughs> charge lemonade you've never been so productive in your goddamn life i mean so, all summer yeah. So, okay. So then they start walking and finally they get to a place where she's like, hey, I know a lot of your roles have been really hard, but I do wonder if there's like the hardest role of all. And that is whatever the fuck you're doing in public. Can we uh-huh. please talk about that? So finally he explains to her that 
the worst son ever, his role, the worst son ever, did, <sighs> it morphed into well-groomed golden retriever because it, mm -hmm. it was his defense mechanism. When his parents were really upset with him, he would be like, if I, if I do a persona, then they're not actually hating me. Then they're just hating this worst son ever situation. And when he was early in his career, he had just gotten the Aeneas part and they were, he and Alex were brainstorming like how to navigate his newly discovered dyslexia while doing interviews and all this other stuff. And he's all like, the promo. Yeah, all the promo. And he's like, I was ready to go and talk about the character. I was ready to talk about the mythology. I was ready for everything except for the lady to hand me the book this is based on and on the fly ask me to read a page. And he gamely tried to. And it was Woof. terrible for him. That's not great. And the, the audience was laughing because, of course, it was a live audience. The host was laughing uncomfortably. And so he decided to fall back on the worst son ever. But he instinctively knew that he had to be really nice in order to really pull yep. it off. And so the well-groomed golden retriever was born. And then the showrunners liked it. And then the showrunners forgot that it was an act. Everything about it sounds terrible. Right? It's just awful. Just and, really bad. And true to her word, true to her character, true to her core, she does say, oh, you have unearthed a very important thing about you and your brain. And that does get me so hot. And he says, um, <laughs> she asks him, like, what happened in his other relationships? And he's like, well, first of all, I haven't had many. Uh, and second of all, because, like, he mm -hmm. was because he was so abused in homeschool, he couldn't really make friends. And so he's always been awkward, no matter how beautiful he is. And then he says, and so I would try to like slowly reveal real Marcus, but the ladies I was dating were dating me for the golden retriever. And so once yeah. they met real me, I wasn't good enough for them. I wasn't what they were looking for. And so he says like, and, and like, that wouldn't outweigh the fact that there's huge downsides to dating someone like me, including but not limited to the paparazzi. The paparazzi. The, yeah. And so he's like, if you are overwhelmed by this, I would completely understand and I would not hold it against you if you walk away. And she says one of the sassiest uh -huh. things I've uh -huh. ever seen uh -huh. written on a page. Tanya, can yeah, you read sizzle, it sizzle. to me? Uh, yeah. She says... If I want you, I'm not letting a few strangers with cameras stop me from having you. Mm -hmm. And then she backs him against a fence and she says, mm -hmm. what do you say, Marcus? Shall I have you? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Right now. Right now. Wow. Boy, do they just make out against a wrought iron fence. And like as soon as their lips touch for the first time, because this is, I think, their first actual kiss. This is, yes, because it's just been next stuff. Yeah, it's been next stuff up until now. <laughs> Olivia Dade. Wow. And she really he, did wait till after the 50% point. God, and it uh, and it hit me like a goddamn Mack truck. So then <laughs> he like devours her mouth and he turns her against the, the fence. Um, and they are just making out like there is no goddamn tomorrow. Like, like they're looking the apocalypse in the face. <laughs> and then this old ass buzzard comes 
doddering out of his house and he quite literally says, get off my lawn. Don't blame him, sir. He's right. Stop making out in someone else's yard. It's not in his yard. It is outside of his yard. Uh, it's on a public street. He should have pressed up against his fence. Of, uh, and no, he look, have a I'm not mad at the guy. Wants that. No, listen, no, I'm you not gotta mad make like a New Yorker. Just think it doesn't just, exist. Just, just walk just into another it. room. None of your business. Now, if you had said this was in New York, I would have been like, yeah, you don't say shit. Yeah, but enough. in a normal place, yeah, you're right. You're like, come on, go yeah. find a room. Yeah. So uh, they do. They so fuck they off. Do. She's like, you want to go back to my place? And he's like, absolutely. I surely do. Also, yeah, one of the things that we forgot was that one of his movies that we see a page of um, right before all of this happens is when he's a unicyclist. (laughs) Unicyclist. (laughs) Just want to point out, there's also a movie with a pixie, with a manic pixie dream girl. And a and, unicycle. And his there, character evolution is that the Manic Pixie, Manic Pixie Dream Girl does inspire him to graduate to two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Thank you for listening. Look, you can't be mad at me because I got you to the first kiss. And this gives you a great opportunity to read or reread this book before the next part comes out. I'm doing you a favor. And patrons, if you're antsy, don't worry, you will get part two on the private feed this week. If you want to see what I'm up to outside of the pod, come follow me on social media. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. That's at Heaving Bosoms. Our Facebook group is still the happiest place on earth, and that's the Geriatric Friendship Cult. And I'm considering getting a TikTok? Are y'all on TikTok? Let me know. So keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love the Westminster Daddy Show, because boy, did I watch that right after recording this. Thank goodness Sarah Whitney sent it to me um, because she was just as baffled as Tanya that I hadn't seen it. And it did not disappoint. The one thing T didn't mention is that Matt Damon is in it. So yeah. All right. Love y'all. See you next week. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.